This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 240, brought to you by InStock Trades and iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 240. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with, I'm literally here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Ron. Hey, Connor, how's the kitchen? It's nice. All right, it's good. And over in New York is Josh Flanagan. Feeling left out. <laughs> we are the fine gentlemen behind the website ifanboy.com which is all about comic books and every week uh we read a whole bunch of comic books that come out on wednesday and then one of us picks the one that we feel was our pick of the week the one that we like the most and write a review of it on that website then we come here to talk about that book and uh as well as the other books that came out uh, during the week i'm gonna warn you that uh connor's in the other room so he should be warned of that. Um, and I'm not wearing pants. He's not wearing any pants, yeah. He's so. been eating a lot of baked fish. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, no, and we're going to talk about what happens in the books. Uh, so we might spoil something. So be warned. If you haven't read your comic books, press pause, come back later, and uh, you can um, then enjoy the podcast and not have it ruined for you so you don't have to cry. You just spun uh, out there. I did. I totally then, did. Uh, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so Josh had the pick this week. Uh, Josh? Take yes. it away. Yeah. I know a lot of you out there are like, oh, man, I really wish that Josh, you could have picked another Avengers book. But, you know, I, <laughs> I can't do that forever, everyone. Is it, it's literally a week. It's like a, it's a, they should just make Avengers and make it a weekly. I'm, I'm, we'll get to it. We're going to get yeah. to this. Yeah. I went with Sea <laughs> Bear and Grizzly Shark. I got to number one, whatever. It's a one shot. I know why you picked it. Because they got mixed up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally... That's the premise. Baron <laughs> Shark got mixed up. Why? I don't know. There's a little prose bit at the beginning that Robert Kirkman wrote. I didn't care about that part. Um, I wasn't going to buy this because I was like, eh, you know, it's he, like I remember. If you, I don't know if you remember, but uh, last year Ryan Otley did a little book called Death Grub, which was like his 24-hour comic. And it was just – it was no story, just a bunch of pretty art and whatever. And I was like, I don't know if I'm in the mood for that, whatever. And I decided at the last minute, I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and get this because it will be fun. And, and I'm sitting there. I, I read it on the train. And I just found myself continually laughing at the absurdity of the whole thing. Uh, and if you if you go to uh, if you go to iFanboy and you see our best of the weekend panels that comes out on Thursday afternoons, you see a picture of just a bear sitting on the back, standing on the back of a boat, growling. <laughs> there's bodies everywhere. It's just ridiculous. And I just saw that picture and I started laughing. I was like, I think I'm gonna like this. And and so what you've got is two stories. Uh, one is about a bear who hunts by sea, and the other is about a forest-born shark who hunts in the forest. <laughs> Which never gets explained. I love it. Oh, that's the, that's the, that's really my favorite part in the in the review. Like it's not. It's almost not even enough to call high concept. Like it's it's uh, that bare bones. Just like yeah, you know you you know it'd be funny. 
<laughs> and so Jason Howard, uh, who did the art on uh, Astonishing Wolfman with Robert Kirkman, and then Ryan Otley, uh, who did the art, who does the art on Invincible and a bunch of other stuff with Robert Kirkman, uh, they did these two stories. It's just, it's a little black and white. It's like a, it's almost like a jam comic. Like it's just they did it in their spare time as a thing that's fun. It's really kind of loose and rough, and actually that added to it. Like at the end of it, I was just like, that was so damn pure. And it was just like every every once in a while you go I don't I don't I don't need a long big story I don't need uh, I don't need like a ton of character development intricate plotting I just want to have fun and, but the key to that is that when you do that it has to be really good and it has to be really fun and fortunately this uh, tapped into something that's a bit of a nerve with me I think the sharks are terrifying and hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you you you, you have a shark. <laughs> who emerges from the trees and munches for no reason and just bites the shit out of things. Yeah. It's funny. And it keeps getting funnier. It, it really does. Over like... and over and over again. <laughs> well, well, it's, I, you noted it, but uh, Jason Howard and Ron Otley like, wrote their own, each of their own stories as well as drew them. And th- those two are funny guys. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, even, I mean, and, you know, the, the I'd have to give the edge and the funniness to the uh, grizzly shark just because it, it had a, that little touch of humor. But, but, um, I but mean, just just as I said, like at the beginning, it's ridiculous. And people are on the ocean and, and they're attacked by a bear. And then after that, there's a cyborg battle. <laughs> I mean, and that's funny on its own. <laughs> just said, like the last panel was funny. Just the bear head floating, <laughs> staring at you. And I was like, "Wow, I, you know, Otley, you're really gonna have to work for this because I really enjoyed that." Uh, and then, and then the the other story. It's funny because they both had a completely different um, tone, I guess. Like, like uh, I feel like um, Otley's the the shark story was more more slapsticky. Yeah, like it was a little more comedic, and and like the jokes were even kind of dumb. But over the course of it, it got funnier. Like, oh, it definitely, it definitely practiced the rule of like first time kind of funny, second time annoying, third time comedy genius. Oh, the the torso yeah. kid. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every time he showed up, I was like, "That's the one who lived through it." That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just I had a hell of a lot of fun with this, and and out of everything over the over the week, this was like the only. I looked at the end, I was like, oh, "That's the only thing I gave five stars to." I guess that's your winner, and I was really happy because it's it's like it's fun to be talking about a different kind of comic. And like I said, like the thing that was just for me so great about it was like it was just sort of pencils and inks. It was so yeah. it was raw. It was looked like it was hand lettered. Like I think when Jason A- Jason Howard Jason Aaron <laughs> when Jason Howard first signed on for Astonishing Wolfman, a-, a lot of us, myself included, saw the art and went, you know, huh? I think it's Astounding Wolfman. Whatever. I do. Yeah. I'm gonna get that wrong every yeah. time. Uh, yeah. and, and since then, I've I've read actually most of Astounding Wolfman, and I like it. I get why he chose him and everything. And I, but I think in this, like, was the first time I really saw since it was so raw, like, sort of what's good about Jason Howard. They're just big, you know, silly panels that are real dramatic, and the angles are fun. And it's just it's just very comic booky. So that was one of the things I really liked about it too. Well, one of my favorite things was in the Otley story was the the sequence of about. Uh, four, uh, three pages or so of scenes in the forest and the shark just coming out and munching people. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was just a great. I mean, like admittedly, it was the same. Like the first time funny, second time okay, annoying, third time hysterical. You know, like it was <laughs> it left the boobs and a leg. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this book should have been made. Why? Because we can't let the sharks know that we know. <laughs> and I feel like now they know we know. And now they're going to be all the more dangerous. <laughs> it's 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 written proof now. <laughs> so I feel like, in that sense, Ryan Otley is a traitor to his race. <laughs> so can we say species? Yes. <laughs> Just so that we don't say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, we you know we uh, Neesman and I talked to Ryan and Jason and C two E two about this, and and as I'm sitting there, I knew nothing about this book going into that interview, and as they're telling me about it, I'm like, this sounds ridiculous, but. <laughs> But, but honestly, for five, I, yeah, I wrote that in my review. This book is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but for five bucks, it's it was a lot of it was a lot of good art and fun story. It was good laughs. It was good. I don't. Yeah, I I don't blame you at all for your pick. It was a good. It was a good pick. It was it was it was fun to write about, but also after like like a like a little while, it's like I got nothing else to say about this. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> totally, the thing is, sometimes it could just a week, but ugh. yeah, sometimes it could just be fun, you know. And, and there it was it was a, it was a really good it was it was good for this week. I was very happy with it. So right. uh, if it sounds like something you might like, it's definitely worth picking up if you can find it. 
Which is, and I thought it was equally startling that you picked it and enjoyed it because it's so much fun because you don't like fun. Wow. So, totally yeah. not sick of that joke. <laughs> Neither are we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You guys are in the same room. You're going to gang up on me. No, he's in the, he's in the kitchen. Oh. I can't even see him. Your apartment is like the size of a closet. You're in the <laughs> same room. <laughs> we couldn't look at each other. That's the problem. Don't look at me. <laughs> to do Don't look at me. That's because Ron slowly masturbates while he podcasts. <laughs> wow. And then it got inappropriate. Ten minutes That's, in. That was fast. That's a record. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so so some other notable books that came out this week. Um, I, I, I'm probably the only one who picked up Hulk number twenty three. Yeah, I'm reading in trade, so I didn't. Okay, read just Hulk, and this was uh, the 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 cover was just who is the Red Hulk, and it had the Red Hulk holding his hands up to the air, and as we knew from Hulk 22, that Red Hulk was General Thunderbolt Ross, and Gary, who wrote the who wrote the post for us on iFanboy.com, was correct. Um, this uh, issue basically explained it all, went back, dialed everything back, and explained how he could become the Red Hulk, and it shows that Gary was 100% about everything. All his crazy crackpot Hulk theories were totally correct. So much so that I wonder if Gary Lewis actually is just Jeff Loeb screwing with us. I'm afraid of this person. I know. It's amazing. Figure this out about the Red Hulk. What can he know about me? (laughs) But um, this is interesting because it was a a big um, artist jam and it had uh, art from uh, Ed McGinnis, of course, but also Herb Trimpey, uh, Tim Sale, Dave Stewart, Dale Keown, Sal Buscema. Uh, Ian Churchill, uh, Lanil Yu, uh, John Romita Jr., Klaus Janssen, um, Mike Diodato, basically like just all, anybody, anybody who's anybody uh, who's not Todd McFarlane who worked on the Hulk uh, that's still alive basically drew, drew uh, some pages of this issue, um, which is great. Uh, and the art was a lot of fun, and it explained everything. But you know, it, it, it you know, I'm not even reading the storyline, and now I know what's going on. So if you're curious about the whole Hulk thing, this is a great issue to jump on with because it just explains the villain. <laughs> you know, I think it's a testament to Loeb's writing on this book that the mystery worked. Yeah, and that the clues were there enough for somebody to pick up on them, put them together. But not everyone did that. They weren't so obvious that everybody knew the answer. Yep, and well, somebody they're... incredibly devoted and somewhat insane. <laughs> take the time so in that sense clearly whatever he whatever he laid in there as clues worked and was worked out well absolutely and 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 honestly like you know i know we you know i know sometimes we've been critical of Loeb's writing and stuff like that this issue was written really well i mean like there was nothing nothing made me groan nothing made me annoyed like it was it was good oh, so the humanity and well yeah that was bad but they didn't they didn't show that line in here so it was a joke what you think that was a joke like in retrospect was that written as a joke um, sincerely, I think a little bit of both. I think it was a sincere joke. Mm-hmm. E- either way, it's no excuse. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I just want to know the the only mystery that this issue didn't solve is where uh, General Thunderbolt Ross's mustache goes when he becomes the Red Hulk. Because mm. he's got that big bushy white mustache, and the Red Hulk doesn't. It goes to Sam Elliott. They share. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Captain Marvel with the bands. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's timeshare mustache. It's like, it's like Firestorm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm not sure how. I, that's well, not no, correct. actually, it's not like Firestorm. I know. Though. I know, but yeah. I wanted to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that no, was good. This, the issue had Modoc. It had the leader. It was. It, it was. I mean, it had and at LMDs. It was. It, it had everything any Hulk fan would want. So it was enjoyable. I like. I said I've not read. After I stopped buying Hulk on like issue three, I haven't read a single drop up until like this past couple of months, and it's been fun. So, it's a it's a fun book, definitely yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, um, Power Girl thirteen came out this week, and it was this is the first issue of the new creative team. So we put uh, Jimmy Palmiotta, Justin Gray, and Meta Connor behind us. We had a good twelve issues, and now we see the what happens next. This is Judd Winnick on writing, and Sammy Bassery on the art, who I've never seen before, but she is fantastic. Assuming it's it's a woman. Um, it's a different style, but it's it's very it's very nice. It's a cl- sort of clean. Um, it's a style you don't see a lot in comics. It's not something you, I read in many other books. It's it's it has a very sort of European influence to it. And this was they've they've, they've changed. I mean, it's still firmly set in the world that we had before in Power Girl, but now it's more in the DCU. And this is totally tied into what's going on in Generation Lost. 
and there's a lot more characters in here. Before Power Girl's basically on her own. There was there was occasionally guest stars, but she was basically existing in her own bubble. But here she's firmly planted back in the world. But they do that while also maintaining what we had before. So at least half the issues devoted to her business and her running her company. And the big cliffhanger is about her company, not her superheroing. And the um, it's it was really nice. And really good in a completely different way, which I appreciated because I didn't want them to try to ape what, what the other team did, just try to you know riff on that. I want them to go their own way and tell their own story, and they have done that. But since it's so good, it's nice that there's not like a, there's not a big drop off at all. If you enjoyed it before and you dropped it, I just suggest people jump on it now because it's just as good, just good in a different way. Um, but I know a lot of people liked it, so I'm gonna toss in this book to Ron so he can see the art. <laughs> I missed. Damn, I missed here. Catch. Um, did you fall? <laughs> He's got an X in front of him, and I hit the X, which is appropriate. Um, uh, it's just—it was really nice story. I like this art. Yeah, the art's really nice. That's really nice. Um, it's funny. She's watching The Wire with her with her new young partner, introducing her to Omar, and and uh, dealing with her business, dealing with superheroing, dealing with Maxwell Lord. It, it's really, really good. Really, really good stuff. Really solid um, comic book superhero stuff. It really puts her back into the world really nicely. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Wow, this art is really—it's got this—it's a weird Phil Noto esque look to it, but much more fluid. It's not, yeah, it's yeah, not it's not stiff. stiff. Yeah, Phil Noto's art is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's this very—it's I think it's very European. Yep. It's, it's not painterly, but it's got that feeling of painterly. It's got sort of texture to it. Yeah, I know it's good. I like it. I dig it. I'm yeah. still—I'm still not going to read it though. That's okay. But although I did enjoy the first Power Girl trade, I, I will admit that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if you dropped off Power Girl, you, a 13 is just as good. Check it out. Good jumping on point. Yeah. Cool. I read Dynamo 5, Sins of the Father, number one, and I haven't read any Dynamo 5 before. Yep. So I decided this would be a good chance to check the book out. And uh, it was okay. It's it's interesting The after, and you know, on, on the Don't Miss podcast earlier in the week, not only did we talk to the Sea Bear Grizzly Shark guys, but we talked to Jay Ferber from Dynamo 5. Um, it's interesting that, you know, like, like because he's moving, he's moving from away from the ongoing to the miniseries Hellboy format. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is going to be a five issue miniseries of the Sins of the Father storyline. But this is really issue 26 of the series. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a series that, and I've read, I think, the first three trades. Maybe yeah. two, but it really is one of those ones that sort of reads as an ongoing. Yeah, totally. So starting totally. where you are, you don't get any of the buildup or the punching for the change. Yeah. Which I had right. spoiled for me by listening to the podcast, but I can roll with that. Sorry. It's okay. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely firmly existing in in Ferber's you know superhero universe as well as the bigger Image universe, and it's got Supreme and and Omni Man and. Uh, Captain Dynamo in the flashback, which is which is pretty cool. But I mean, it still ca- it still carries through the vibe of it feels like an X Men book to me. Yeah, it did read very much like an '80s Marvel comic, and that a lot of the dialogue was very expository. Yes, yeah, uh, which was hard to transition into. But yeah. um, if, you, if you read the earlier trades, they don't they don't feel like that. They they feel like that, but with the bad with the good side of it, not the mm-hmm. bad part. I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing was it just a lot of catch up? I assume. Either yeah, kind of, you know, it's a jump on point basically. So. I did enjoy the whole flashback scene with with uh, Omni Man and 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 uh, Supreme and yeah. I said I said in the podcast, I'm like I want I want a series of that. Yeah, you know, like I I would love to see more Captain Dynamo to be honest with you because it's just, and it's funny because it's the kind of thing where it's like you know it's this thing that gets flashbacked every once in a while and gets mentioned here and there and I I, I guess I wouldn't want to ruin it by having like a Captain Dynamo series you know because it would you know because it's, it's what makes it special is that you just get glimpses and mm-hmm. and, and you you wonder about it um, but still every time I every time he goes back to him I, I'm like ooh I want to you know flush that character out but yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I really did. I mean, I love this book, and this is a lot of fun. And the new artist actually is uh, Julio Brilha, pick, you know, picking you know right up where Mahmoud Asrar left off. You know, very similar style, very similar look. So. The problem here is that every time uh, Ferber discovers somebody, yeah. uh, they hire him somewhere else because he's, because he don't get paid to work on these books. He's inadvertently uh, uh, scouting for yeah. Marvel and DC. <laughs> Ferber got this. Oh yeah, Ildre worked out really well, and then Mahmoud. Yeah, that's nice. I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, but he's good. <laughs> good times, yeah. No, it was really good. It was really good. But so, um, what also was good, Amazing Spider-Man continues to be fantastic. This is the, this Grim Hunt is one of the best. I mean, we're only two issues in, but one of the best storylines they've done in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's building off of off of the uh, Gauntlet, but it's. I think it's really has a lot to do. Joe, it's just Joe Kelly and Michael Lark is really what makes it so special. 
Yep. Um, Kelly is just great, and it's just Michael Lark. This is just beautiful stuff. And I will, I will forgive my criticism for last week with the use of Ezekiel, and and uh, and this is the spoiler. The swerve is that it wasn't actually Ezekiel, so it was uh, chameleons posing as Ezekiel. So I was like, okay, that's okay then. They get a pass. Yeah, I was as I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, this would be so perfect if it just wasn't if Ezekiel was not here, and then they they pulled the mask off, and I went, yes. Although, a good question is, how do they know about Ezekiel? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows. I stopped happened. reading it when Ezekiel showed up. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> but no, no. This is. I mean, it's. I mean, Lark. I mean, we know. I mean, Lark, and even uh, who's coloring him? Who colored this? Uh, oh, Matt Hollingsworth colored it. I mean, like it's it's it, it yeah. gives that it gives that feel that like it it definitely has a lot of presence. You know, it has a lot of like um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the, the setting is just like it, you know, t- this takes place in the rain and at night. Oh, the scenes and, in the rain were yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it got a lot of texture to it. You know? <laughs> yeah, Michael. And, and I like it when Hollingworth that yeah when he colored it like pow you know this book Matthew, is like amazing and Matthew Southworth did art assists whatever that means um, yeah. so this was like, uh, it's too bad Josh invited it's like his triumvirate of favorite people right, working on this well, book well I but. didn't know that it was gonna become the best book ever <laughs> I did, listen I have very competent comic book shops near me I can get the issues and it's Marvel they will reprint it in a week because it will sell out <laughs> um, the the backup with um, uh, uh, what's his name Max Fiamora Yep. Yeah, it was just as good still and the, the honestly the two page Marcos Martin with the Fantastic Four this time awesome yeah this, I mean, this, is, this is a bang for your buck series right now and this yeah. is, you get three stories um, they're all great Yep. Fine. And, I will uh, read it. Just fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael. What about Josh? Will Josh read it? I have gotten mixed up in my head. <laughs> I have to go. Excuse me. <laughs> what happened? I was bound and gagged. <laughs> oh, so that's how it is in Michael Lark's house. <laughs> um, it's like Rick, Rick Remender's house. Let's go. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something, man, and you're going to be shocked. But I didn't buy powers. Uh, and you missed out, my Bad friend. Bad move. Bad move. No, no, back, back to form. Back to form. No, I think I'm done. It, this was this this was really good. Yep. It was really good. It was about Walker. It, it went in, it went in a direction I did not is, expect. So I mean, I guess the first arc is over. Now we're you know I, you know now we're onto a new arc, or whatever. But um, and Con, I don't want to now I don't want to ruin it for you, Connor, because I want to make you read it. But um, I'm gonna read it. Yes, you are, because I'm gonna hand you the freaking book, and you're gonna read it because you're in the other room. Um, I, I think the, the series ended perfectly. This is kind of like I feel about like shows like Angel or whatever. Like it, when, it, when it perfectly ends, I don't need it anymore, no matter how good it may be afterwards. Yeah, this was good though. It was. It was not. It had none of the issues that we had spoken about in some of the prior recent issues. Yes, issues too many times. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, and it had some more of those '50s flashbacks, which are always good. Yes, uh, and a nice little homage to the uh, to the that famous painting with the the, the diner. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's that much to say about it other than I would say it was just good again, and I was very happy about that. It, it felt like old, it felt like how it should read. It felt right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um and, and the art looked great. There were some great layouts. There was some great use of color. There was a great use of um angles and and you know points of view and things like that. And you can tell that Omi is really I think you know trying to push you know gently, mm-hmm. you know, but not, not just do the same thing, but also not be too over dramatic. He's kind of uh, always done that. I feel like yeah. it's one of those things. Like this is the this is a book where he just gets to play. Yeah, and he yeah. gets to do whatever he wants, and he he's always I think pushed the boundaries of, of layout and and. When when they opened this up to the bigger format that they went to, the more pages and everything, he didn't have to cram as much into a page, and it, it breathes a lot more than it used yeah. to. Yeah. Um, you might like that or not, but uh, even the title page in this thing is spectacular. Well, I, I really love the two-page spread in the beginning when Walker punches the wall and then breaks down and the use of black and just like that. I mean, the two-page spreads are really where the art sings yeah. in my mind. Yeah, It so. is a nice page. It is. It's two, two pages, actually. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you wanted to uh, uh, read, if you've never read Powers before and you want to catch up, we, I would suggest you pick up one of the first collections or the first trades from the original series that Connor mentioned that did end perfectly. And you could do that at InStock Trades, who we want to thank for sponsoring this episode of My Fanboy. Um, at InStockTrades.com, that's where you can save 
boatloads of cash when you order your trade paperbacks, collected editions, all hardcovers, anything else you want there. You can save up to 37% off. Uh, they do free shipping on orders over $50, which if you're ordering stuff that's uh, equaling over $50, it's probably going to be heavy. They're probably an omnibus in there maybe, so free shipping is definitely key. Uh, they got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. They get everything from Diamond, so anything that's uh, that's printed in, in the comic book industry, you can get. Um, every Wednesday, they update their new releases, so you can check those out, and when you make an order, it usually ships within four 48 hours. I like to usually. I never noticed that before. Um, Sometimes so you, it's in the back. Yeah, they usually ship within 48 hours. Uh, so go to uh, www.instocktrades.com and get uh, on board with Powers and other great trade paperbacks today. You want the, you want the definitive hardcovers. That's what you want. There's three yeah, those of those nice. out right now. I got that. Nice. Yeah. They're good. Those are good. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Detective Comics 866 was a one-shot written by Denny O'Neill with art by Justin Gwynn. And this was just a, a fantastic Batman story, which was a it was a modern day Batman Dick, Dick, Dick Grayson story that flashed back to a case when he was Robin that that connected to the case he was working on. But the standout was the flashback was done in sort of a faux '60s style, and it had dot pitch overlay on it. So it looked, and, the, and the pages were distressed, so it looked like an old book. Um, you notice that Dustin Gwynn's one of those guys who who has gotten better with every single issue he's ever put out. Yes, and and like at this point, like I feel like he should be getting a little more. You know, he gets a lot of work, but I like his name doesn't get passed around. He's some of those guys. Like, have you noticed he's real, real good? There's some gorgeous pages in here. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the moody stuff he does really well with the uh, the coloring. I mean, he does the whole thing. He does. I mean, I don't think he colors the issue, but when he does the covers, he does the whole the whole process. He just does really well. He just handles really well color and mm-hmm. and darkness and shadow. He's getting better, but I really love the '60s style. It's just sort of Flashbacky to the Bill Finger era, mm-hmm. um, but still done modern in a sort of a sort of a '60s meshed with the animated series style, and I really like the fact that it had production over it. It had you know wrinkled pages and, and rips and and uh, dog ears and things like that, and that was really cool. Just really solid one shot in between arcs um, before they jump back into whatever they're going on in Batman now. But this was just a really great one issue. And Denny O'Neill, you know, he he knows Batman. Mm-hmm. And he knows he knows he knows how to write him. He knows how to write the uh, the characters. It was just a really great issue. Um, and then you had Return of Bruce Wayne number three, which was all about pirates. I, which I, which I could I could read this as an ongoing series. I have loved this so far, and every yeah. issue I love it more. I've yep. really enjoyed it, and I kind of didn't expect to. And that's the thing about Graham Morrison; you never know what you're going to get. Yep. But occasionally, like, and this was just like this was just fun. I mean, it really like. Batman fighting pirates, and it wasn't even so ridiculous. <laughs> it wasn't at all. I mean, it would like, I, like I'm not I'm I'm trying not to ask any questions about how he's jumping around and all this, you know, all this sort. You know, it doesn't matter. Just enjoying it, um, you know, and <laughs> sort of a miscalculation at the end there. Maybe that Jonah Hex movie would be really big, and they can have him cross over. Yeah, I was I, when I read that, I'm like, oh, I wonder what Josh O'Connor think of this. It doesn't matter. I think it'll be awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> when I turned the page and I was like, oh, Jonah Hex. <laughs> Any more Jonah Hex is fine with me. Here's the thing, though. Um, I think Jonah Hex shoots Batman. <laughs> like, Batman beats everybody, but I think Jonah Hex kills him. <laughs> Quite possibly. This is, this is fun. This is goofy fun. Uh, but it's also, it's not like over-the-top goofy like uh, Sea Bear and... and no. Sea Biscuit, whatever that book was called. Um, <laughs> it's, sea Biscuit. It's, 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 it's that... <laughs> it's that, it's that sixty, that Silver Age style that Grant Morrison likes, but in a modern way. I mean, this is totally a Silver Age story, Batman through time, and that, and that you would have to be really good to tell it now, and have it not be too goofy to, to, you know, to, to bear. And I think that's what Grant Morrison excels at. I also like that they don't spend that much time in the present explaining things. Yep. It was a couple of pages, but besides that, we we were in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they'll keep you up to date, but but they, we didn't. I, they didn't have. He just didn't spend a lot of time explaining, and I, which is fine. I don't need that. Well, what what I thought was interesting is just like it's just like a reminder that there is a bigger story going on here, and we're going to get to a resolution, and these are the people who are going to do it. But you don't need to know exactly. You know, what I mean, like don't worry about that. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, and uh, the black black pirates dialogue. That's I can go with that all day. Yeah. <laughs> and all night. I'm I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> totally cool with that. Uh, Battlefield's Motherland number one came out. This is the I don't I've lost track. This is another Battlefield's uh, story. It is the fifth, um, sixth, sixth, I think. 
Jeez. Yeah, this is the final final series of the second volume. Okay. Uh, Motherland is a continuation from the very first one, Night Witches, uh, mm. where this this pilot whose name I do not remember, same same team, uh, Garth is writing, obviously, and Russ Braun doing pencils and inks. I really liked it, by the way. Um, it's, a, it's a little later. She's bitter and battle-worn, and she's uh, a very good pilot. And uh, I, I liked this a lot. Uh, it, was, it was a good continuation of Oh, it. she's not just bitter and battle-worn. She's insane. No, that too. She's talking to her dead, her dead uh, pilot, uh, gunner, or whatever it was, a navigator. She's very good at killing Nazis. Yeah, well, that's all that matters. Yes, what I'm saying. Business is a booming, cuz. <laughs> um, no, this was good. It was. It wasn't quite for me as as good as the first series, but that's because I think that was more compelling because the stakes were higher. This was sort of. There's a lot of talking in this, which is which is fine. Yeah. It just wasn't after the first issue, the first of, of Night Witches. It was like, oh. Oh crap! This is more like building. I think I'm sure it will hit the old crap part because we always do in the mm-hmm. series. But uh, it's real solid, real good. And like you know, he writes a great fighter pilot scene. You know, yeah, the, the, oh, the definitely. Scenes with the, the, the scenes with the dog fights in the air were really compelling and really exciting. And we've seen that from, and that was in the other, the first Night Witches, uh, and then also that uh, Flight of the Phantom Eagle. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing he does really well, which is pretty pretty fascinating. And I really like. I spent a lot of time reading those or you know what i mean uh reading them yeah just going through those the the sequences in those dog fights gee avengers number two which is the 50th avengers book yep this month i think <laughs> uh all right here here it is uh i'm done with this one really yeah wow I, wow for whatever like it's okay i just don't love it and i'm just i'm over it's, a, it's just too much i, I that's weird because this is this is the most purely avengers book yeah i, I know this is yeah. The one you like the most I, this is like the most throwback to the 80s okay here's my question so what is it that causes them to all have to stand together at all times no matter what two people are doing yeah it's just like they go like these two guys have to go in a room and all of a sudden there's 15 people standing behind them we'll just wait for them to finish so we can all chat well, the, the, there was a couple of weird kind of funny things in here that I wanted to highlight, which is um, uh, the fact that he had Maria Hill refer to Cap as Bucky Cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought because that was kind of funny because that's what we say. You know, <laughs> and so and then um, and then the, the and early on in the scene when Tony Stark and Spider-Man and, and Marvel Boy are, are working in the workshop. Did you see on that two page spread? Yes. In the upper left hand corner that the Avengers are eating pizza and watching them work. This is what I'm talking about, and and and, and, just, and 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 not only that, but Wolverine and Spider Woman are like Wolverine's tangling her hair in his claws, and she's zapping him. Like what? Like what? Yeah, they're it's totally just, doing it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was, just, it was just I'm just like it was all right, but at the end of the day, I was I don't know. It's just them talking. It's been all this setup for a while. Well, I, I don't know, but I I really like the. I mean, I you know I love time travel stuff and I love the alternate reality things. And so like when they when Marvel Boy made his little device and and you saw glimpses into the different realities and futures of of the Marvel universe, I was like I I got all giddy. Yeah, and, that was you know, cool. Yeah, I'm, and just I, I'm also totally not interested in the next Avengers thing. That's the other thing. Like right. Yeah. Well, I think you're I think you're prejudging. Yeah, I think no, you're I, pre-judging. That, well, no. I mean, like it's just the I can tell what kind of story. I feel like I can tell what kind of story. If afterwards it's great, great. I'll go back and read it. It's fine, but like I'm I just I don't know. I'm not digging it so much. So mm. I also I don't I don't for some reason Ramita's not clicking with me on this at all. Yeah, it's interesting about that. I th- I still think we're in the he was doing this during Kickass Rush time. Well, I you know. Yeah. And and then there, and then but then there's Spider-Woman's hair. Which is, well, a, which is a little rough, but um, John Romita, right? Yeah, I have, yes, so. I have. But I did, I did really enjoy the 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 last two page spread and Apocalypse. And what I love yeah, is by having other, that too. I was like, oh, I don't. know. Well, yeah, it's it's your X Men bias. There you go. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So, um, but and that, it looks like it's the Apocalypse from Age of Apocalypse. That's the same color combination he was wearing with that. Yeah. So this, I think this is the most classic Marvel book right now. Yeah. It really, it really delves with all the stuff that was classic about the Marvel. You know, 10, 20 years ago, and you could say that's a problem with the industry now, but that's what it is. Yeah, I, uh, and I, I respect really that in a way. Like that's what people. This is, it's a different thing for Bendis to do with this, uh, and I and I'm sure that there are people who want it, but it's just not my kind of book. I think, which is weird because you're the Avengers guy. Yeah, it's also oh. like he's just been doing it for a while. You know what Connor just said about powers? Yeah, I kind of feel that way. Like I'm like, all right. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that was yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that was the argument when you know when this whole shakeup happened that that maybe that was the point where he should have moved on, you know. Um, but I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I, I'm I, you know it it hit it hit it hit all the notes I'd want to hit out of a comic. It wasn't a you know it wasn't a five. It wasn't amazing, but it was a solid four, you know. So 
But um, but as far as hidden notes and and not working, uh, Justice League Generation Lost number four, the the hotly controversial Justice League Generation Lost, which I bought in issue format. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> if I saying. bought it, I would have totally bought it digitally. <laughs> um, the last issue, I was saying how it wasn't working for me. Uh, this issue, it started working. It clicked. This, in. this issue was great. This yeah, was I don't know fun. what it was. I think they got. It. I felt as if the past three issues have been really redundant and really just kind of repetitive and just like you know over and over and over again. But this one was was great. It was really good. I like how they keep adding a new member of the team with every issue. So we're slowly building back the our, our semblance of the old JLI team. So this, yep. in this issue, we had the Rocket Red return yep. to join uh, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Fire Ice, and Captain Atom. Yeah. And it, the, I felt like the tone was really right in this one. It was really funny. Um, the relationships are – I mean they have a great and interesting relationship because these are people that work together for a long time, a very important time in their lives. But they're not all friends. Are they doing VOD? Bill? They're not doing vaudeville. Oh. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not. It's not vaudeville, and it's not the. Well, Giffen isn't writing it. I mean, Giffen's just doing the layouts. Yes, Winnick is writing it. Um, yeah. I'm sure he could yeah. sneak some vaudeville in. Oh sure. Um, but and and Connor, to your to your point, I mean, like even what was great about this issue is that even the characters realized that the JLI basically is getting back together with this. Yeah. Yeah, like which I thought was which was great, which is and you know and and I actually do like the the Maxwell Lord, you know, is back and what what's the deal and his powers and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I really like that a lot. I think actually, Ron, is some you might want to consider the new Power Girl because it's very heavily tied in and that was a lot to deal with in that issue was they were they went into and dealt with. I'll make a deal with you. I'll read it if you read Powers. All right, fine. Okay, there you go. Oh. See, we're see we're bridging gaps here. And okay, so no I read. Wants me to read the stuff I don't want to read. Like fine. Well, no, I Suffer read Power page. Girl. Connor reads Powers, and Josh, you keep buying Avengers. <laughs> what do I get out of this? I don't care if you guys read that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, no, but it, 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 so now I'm actually excited for the next issue of this. Yeah, um, this is really good. Yeah. Um, and I guess the bigger question is, will the next issue be available digitally as well? Yes, they're all okay. okay the whole thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the issues are available. You can buy the first three for one ninety nine. Oh, there you go. So if you like, <laughs> if you like JLI, uh, you want to read the issues, you can find them online at some company. Um, so that that's what we thought of this week's books. But you can go to ifanboy.com. You can make your pull list. You can rate and review your books, and you can come back and write reviews. We like to spotlight those reviews on the show in the form of user reviews. The first user review is from Marcus Brute, who reviewed Superman number 700 and gave the story a 1 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And 6.2% of the iFanboy community made this their pick of the week. And this is Marcus Brute's entire review. This review is just for the JMS story. Wow, a story about how being how despite being extremely powerful, Superman can't save everyone. It'd be exciting if I hadn't read it a hundred times before. At least he didn't cry this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so, I, we, we should back up. So Superman 700 was the, the big 700th issue. There was three stories. The first was by, written by James Robinson. The second was written by Dan Jurgens, And the third was written by J. Michael Straczynski, who was the new writer of Superman. Like Dan Jurgens, of course, being the seminal 90s writer for Superman and and Robinson being the guy who just tied up and wrote had written the book for the last couple of years. So you had all three eras represented here. In, yep. uh, in the book. Uh, um I bu- I bought this because I swore I'm going to buy all these uh, these milestone issues like mm-hmm. yeah, I bought the Batman one I'm No, I only bought the ones. Uh, 25. I think I think the I don't disagree with the review of JMS's story, but I, I think to, to to paint this whole issue as a one is is harsh. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I uh, I, I agree with what he said entirely, one hundred percent. I'll get to that in two seconds. Uh, yep. The I I don't know the James Robinson bit. I hate Parasite. I, it's a thing. Like I don't like him. I hated him when he showed him in the animated series. So I was like, eh, it looked nice. Uh, but the th- yeah, I was gonna say, I, I for some reason I love the art. Yeah, no, the art was really nice. For, Bernard yeah. Chang's Bernard Chang's art was really There's good. A shot uh, where they he he punches Parasite to, to go through like all the bookshelves and things like that. That was a really yeah. nice panel. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really good stuff. It was really well drawn, and it was it was fine. Uh, this is my favorite story of the three. Yeah, no, it, this was the strong. It was clearly the strongest. I actually really liked the Dan Jurgen story. I don't I know why. It was great. It was good. It, it was totally throwbacky, and like I could see a lot of people looking at it, and be like, oh, it was hokey, and it was. Oh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, I, I really dug it. Um, and then the the the, I mean, the Straczynski story is exactly what I don't like about Straczynski's work. Uh, the whole thing's gonna be awful. This whole this, this whole I, run's I, gonna be I, awful. The, okay, the Alex Kintner scene for those of yeah. you who watch Jaws, <laughs> like I was, I was thinking, well, maybe he had something to do with this person. and She's mad oh. at him because, like, that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, like it's 
It's dumb. I, so I, the premise is Superman comes back from the war that he had with the Kryptonians, and he's he's testifying before all these congressional hearings, and he's giving a press conference, and some woman woman comes up to him and slaps him in the face because her husband died. Um, and it had nothing had to do with anything. Just, yeah. No, he, he, her, oh, he had a tumor. He had a tumor that, that the woman claims that had Superman been around and she was able to get in touch with him like she tried, he would have been able to use his x-ray vision to find the tumor and then use his heat vision to kill the tumor without hurting any other part of her husband, and that, thus he would have survived. I'm going to go around beating up CEOs because they could have hired me. Yeah. <laughs> I was so annoyed. And then, like, yes. I'm going to walk the – I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this. Uh, uh, the, the walking the, the earth. Sense, the, the, the sad face and everything. I was like, yeah. I, do, I don't want sad face wandering Superman. I do not want it. It I think wrong, wrong, wrong. No. Right. Sorry. Uh, everything about this, everything about this was, was uh, derivative. We just lost. Not many. I don't think. Oh, they love him. They love they him? Why? It. They hate it when I don't like him. He's awful. He's awful. No, it was de- it's it's it's, it's, things, but- it's derivative and repetitive and like he did the walk the nation with Midnight Nation years ago, you know, and and you know, which was great. Which was great, but it, it, at least it, you know, like it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm prejudging this whole what he's gonna do, and I'm sure so I'm not gonna read it because I don't like Superman. But I just don't like I, 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 uh. this whole the whole opening thing with the woman and her husband dying was it's that this could have happened. Her husband could have died five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago at any point in Superman's history. Yeah. You know, oh. yeah, that was that was really really stupid. I'm gonna read it just to see what happens, and because I, I like Superman, um, I'm not gonna like it. Be in for if it gets horrible, I'll drop it. I've dropped Superman many times before, but I'm gonna I'm curious just to see the first couple of issues. I really like Eddie Barrows. I thought he was really good. In I love show. Eddie Barrows. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he was uh, originally on Rucka's action run back when he was good. Back in the day, yeah, I, I think he's better too. I actually liked the. I mean, some of the interactions were good. I thought he wrote a good Flash, but it just—it just the, no, the, the, right. con- the base, the base concept of the story is bad. That's the problem. I thought this, the characterizations were fine. It was no, just I a agree. problem. I agree. It was the—it was the idea that he's going to be depressed because this woman, her husband died, I and he's going he's gonna- to. I can't save everyone. Oh God. Oh, God, I just feel like he's dealt with that a million times. In yeah. fact, I, you know what it felt like? It felt like a really bad issue of Astro City. Yes. I feel like Kurt Busiek dealt with this in Astro City number one. Yes. And and I was like, all right, whatever. And that's that, totally. that, that's a great that's a great description. Uh, n- we're done with that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Neb uh, wrote about seven psychopaths. Number two gave the story a two out of five, and the art a three out of five. Nobody picked it as a pick of the week. And he said, it's not that the story is bad. In fact, I'm intrigued by it. I always love these assassinate Hitler stories, don't we all? But it just doesn't have the, the room to breathe or develop any sort of identity. The characters definitely suffer in this sort of structure. I really, really want to love this book, but it's just not gelling for me. Also, with only one issue left, I'm afraid that this story will fail to deliver. Here's hoping that it finishes strongly. This, I thought, was the second most fun book after The I, Sea Bear. This was very close to being pick of the week. Yeah. Uh, for the other thing is, it's it's a series of minis, so the story's yeah. not going to tie up in the next issue. It's going to lead to the next part of the story. It's it's so by nice. it's by Sean Phillips, who's one of my favorite artists, top five probably. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous, but in a really wonderful way. Uh, I I actually see what he's talking about. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I didn't let it bother me. I suppose. Uh, I think that there was a lot of characters, and I was like, I don't remember what happened. Then I was like, I don't care. He's finding crazy people, and then they're going to go – and a bunch of them get killed right away. And it's just like it was – yeah, It was nuts. funny, and it was, and it was over the top, and it was, it was fun, and it was a great – I don't have it in front of me. I left it back in New York, but um, there was a funny – one panel that I loved that I, was, I wanted to have put in the panel's article, but I was on the, in an airplane, so I couldn't no, do it. Um, oh, it was in the – I'm guessing – this is my guess. It was when they were all having dinner, and they go to talk to the really demonic crazy guy, and he doesn't say or do anything. Yeah. Was, I mean, there's a lot of great single panels. There's a lot of great over-the-top dialogue. Like, we're going to – you know, a lot of the – we're going to go assassinate Hitler, the, you know, come leader, with us kind of stuff. The leader, the Colonel Sanders-looking guy, he's great. Yeah. yeah, no, this is just really fun. It's, it's that pulpy sort of 60s movie, but with an edge kind of story. I don't know who this writer is, but it's great. Uh, I'm – well, I think he's French. I think because it was a, it was a French oh. book that's been translated to English. Oh, is it? And, and Sean Phillips yes. still did it. Yeah. Whatever. It's great. Did <laughs> yeah. I mention that? No, it's really fun. Uh, so those are the books that you talked about this week. You can go to fmweb.com, like I said before, and you can rate and review books. Write your user reviews. If they're good, we'll use them on the show. Um, and while you're at iFanboy, you can go and check out the website to help us out. And how do you do that? Well, if you like the show and you want to 
continue liking the show, you want it to keep going, you can come and check out some things on iFanboy and help. One is clicking on the, web, the website banners, the banners from advertisers. You can check out their products, their fine products and their services and let them know iFanboy sent you and that helps us out a lot. You can also go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon where we have our Amazon store. You click on the Powered by Amazon button, that'll take you to Amazon.com proper and you, anything you buy on Amazon, we'll get a little piece of. Nothing, nothing comes out of your pocket. It all comes out of Amazon's pocket. And I actually just spent 10 minutes on the phone helping my brother do this yesterday. Everybody owes. Uh, everybody pays. Yeah, so that's a real good way to do it. You can even put that link from the button into your shortcuts, which is what I do. And you can never have to worry about Amazon. Fanboy.com slash Amazon again. You can also buy T-shirts. We've got Fury Agent T-shirts. We, got a, we found hidden below some other T-shirts about 10 Battle Pug shirts. So there's a couple of Battle Pug shirts left, and there's a Fury Agent shirt. So you can check that out at Fanboy.com slash store. And you can be a member. That's the best way to help us. For $4 a month or $42 a year, or $10 a month and $100 a year, you can be a Fanboy member. That gets you a prize pack, which includes stickers, buttons, a comic book from our collection. And a higher, the higher class $10 membership gets you a T-shirt. Someone's going to get Superman 700. <laughs> we're actually um, uh, out of the la- extra large shirt. So if you've become a member in the last couple last month or so and you ask for an extra large, it's going to be delayed while we get more printed up. So that's why you haven't seen your membership if, you have, if you've been wondering. Um, and I got really emotional about it just there, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got a little choked up. Yeah. Here's the picture uh, of sad Superman. <laughs> so that's how you can help us out. You go to fanboy.com slash store. That's also where you can find out memberships and you can purchase those. Yep. And that's how you can really help us out. Cool. Thank, we appreciate it, every one of you. All right. So on to the email. Our first email comes from Rob who says, I've been reading comics for many years but have generally stuck to new releases of issues and trade paperbacks. Recently after buying the digital version of Abnet and Landing's Authority Number no. 1 for $0.99, cents, I was inspired to dip into my local retailer's back issues for the first time, hoping to pick up the whole run. I was shocked to find that every issue was selling for a dollar markup on the cover price. In fact, every single back issue in the store was marked up at least $0.50 cents to a dollar. Is this a common practice or is my retailer perhaps overvaluating these back issues? This is a great question. Because okay. uh, I think this this goes to the heart of sort of how different stores do it. Yes. Uh, and and if you go to, like there are some stores and they've got like a holdover policy from the '90s where like after you've taken the book off the shelf, it goes into the bins with a markup. If you go to Midtown Comics in the city, that's what happens. A lot of other places like they just let the old issues stack up on the shelves and you can pick them up there. You know, for the same price, price, and then other places will put them in a bin. You know, especially this can happen at cons a lot. Is they'll put them in a bin for marked down, and they'll be yeah, way marked down. And this is it's funny. This is the first time I thought about it, but this is where I thought that it's possible that the digital, the digital uh, revolution. If people can buy whatever issue they want, they're going to have to pay whatever new price is for those. This is where uh, retailers can start getting rid of some of their back issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they start saying like we've got all these back issues, you can sell them for a dollar, two, whatever, just to undercut the the digital copies a little bit. If people want them, I was, I you know, like that's interesting. Yeah, that's it's really fascinating. I mean, I think it's I think to your point about how there's no consistency anywhere because like my fir- my first thought was you know was the the latter what you said, which is you know either I've seen you know I see back issues and I'm talking more recent within the past couple of you know like the I thought the recent Advent Landing was within the past two years. You know, a lot of the stores I know here in San Francisco, uh, you can get those for cover or cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you mentioned Midtown, well, they'll mark it up. You know, and so it's it, it, there's little zero consistency in how stores handle back issues. My reaction was his his store his shopkeeper is insane, but clearly he's not because other people do that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah, just fascinating. I think you're totally right. I mean, the it, it, the potential for back issues in both the real world and the digital world with digital are just is kind of fascinating because it's like. You want to pick up a book. You want to check out all the back issues. Just down, download them eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, but now this kind of thing where you, you know a new issue, new series starts, and you want to get the back issues, and they're not going to put them out digitally. Well, then go, you know, hunt down the back issues. It could help the stores, and the stores could, you know, undercut the digital. That's how. That's where they can undercut or them. Or if DC had gone so far as to say, "Here's authority number one, and here's the rest of them," you may yeah. have just bought them all from them right then. I, if yeah. stuff's already out, the tiered releasing doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, make, make them available. They want them. Buy them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Clearly, I mean that's 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 the marketing, you know, genius of the digital thing. It, it, it can it leads to like this guy Rob buys one issue and likes it, so he goes to get the rest yeah. well, from the digital store or from the store itself. That's, and well, that's one, the, one other thing to think about is with, with the way that the DC and Marvel, the Comicsology reader and stuff like that, they actually have to go in and cut it up. Yeah, you know, by panel by panel, which is probably why 
all 80 issues or whatever 70 issues of sandman aren't available because it takes- that, yeah that's what yeah that's what nobody realizes about the digital stuff is that is that the, the amount of work it takes to get these comics converted to the digital formats is is significant it's labor that's it's why and that's why and that's why the books also aren't going to be you know cheap yeah or yeah. super cheap because there's actual labor behind this yeah, everybody thinks everyone thinks you oh just put the comic digitally and offer for 99 cents well there's a lot more involved in that yeah. oh yeah there yeah. is and everybody gets their cut yeah everybody gets paid <laughs> Barry writes and says, I rarely see kids, maybe 15 or younger, reading American comics. I read a lot of manga as well as American comics, so they're, they're not the problem. It seems to me that the generations of yesteryear, 85 and before, are still the ones reading faithfully. My question is this. Do you still see the comic book industry growing in the future when the next generation <laughs> has passed the torch once the old generation stops reading? Will there be enough support to maintain an industry? <laughs> no. I think there's two – there's a couple of generations. I think there was a big boom in the early part of the 2000s. Yes. Okay. I think what we find with our, a lot of the people who watch the the, sh, the, the video show and re- listen to the show and come with my fanboy came to, into comics in the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be the last big influx of readers. Agreed. I, I, they are gaining. And a lot of them are la- were lapsed readers. But there are a lot of new people, well. but not as many as will die. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. That's the way we keep Scarf or Down Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I'm, I'm buying, I'm giving, you know, I give my niece Tiny Titans every month, you know, with the hopes that when she gets out of second grade, um, <laughs> she, like, she'll, you know, like by the time she's 15, 16, she'll still be into it. Because they'll you know, be but, eight bucks an issue at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Twelve for the uh, digital. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, if I, you know, it's funny because I was just, I was doing my order uh, with my store. I was just kind of updating all the subscriptions and stuff like that. I'm like, I spent a lot of money. If I get hit by a bus. The industry is going to feel it, and and t- <laughs> t- times that, times that by the by the four thousand other people just like me, and they, it's, it's screwed. Everyone's screwed. The, so. No, it's 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 definitely a thing. Well, I do think that people have come in. It has. I don't think it's been a significant number. Yeah. This is no yeah. way. It's 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 weird. Like I don't feel like there's a way that they can get people to start reading comics now. As we've yeah. seen, like movies are successful, but that doesn't. It hasn't translated to issues. It yeah. has translated to paperback sales. That's well. The, the, the clear, the clear, the clear, obvious thing is trades and you know hardcover. Th- that is the future of the industry. Well, you're talking about different readerships too. I mean, people yeah. say when we talk about comic readers, what we're saying is people who go to the store every Wednesday to buy yeah. books. Not we're not talking about people who go to Barnes and Nobles once and buy a couple of trades. That's yeah. that's a different kind of comic reader. Not somebody we just, that we that's not the person we're talking about when we say comic readers. Right. We're talking about yeah. regulars every day, every Wednesday at the store. That right. that number has been flat for a long time. Yeah, and you yeah. see the comics dollar sales have gone up because a lot more people are buying trades, and those are more expensive and generate more dollars. Yeah. Uh, but the issue sales are not going up; they're going down. Yeah. So wrong with either of those? No, they're just different. We're just saying they're different yeah. in terms of. How do you grow that? I think digital will help. Well, well one of the things I interesting things though is that those knows, those, those issue sales are the precursor for what gets traded. Mm-hmm. So well, when, that's why the whole system is fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's gonna have they're gonna have to adjust, and they're I mean, basically, publishers are either gonna have to take more of a risk and put stuff into collected form or trade paperback immediately, and just take that hit without the sort of issues bankrolling that. I suppose. Uh, well, they're gonna have to become. They might have to become like the book industry. Well, they have to. They're gonna have to put a book out, and yeah. hope it sells, and give the you know the writer an artist in advance, and then you know that's 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 that might be one way it has to go. Well, these these DC OGNs that are coming out this year, the Superman, Batman ones, will be interesting to see how those do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, clearly, I mean, we, clearly the the way the system is is not sustainable forever. And everyone you, everyone you talk to, whether on the record or off, will say that it's just a matter of how how it will get fixed. Because they want to hang on as long as possible, like anything. Yeah, totally. like the New York State Legislature. No, I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so those are the emails. Uh, very interesting questions. Shoot us an email if you have an interesting question at contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, and now for the voicemail. Our only voicemail of this episode has got to be a joke. Hi, fanboy. This is Poser Do from the forums. I have a question for Ron. Uh, Ron, you're the X Men guy. You are the continuity guy. You are also the X-Men Forever, X-Factor Forever guy. Do you find that reading the Forever books confuses your sense of continuity in the straight-up 616 books? If so, how has that screwed you up? If not, how are you able to keep them apart? Uh, Josh and Connor, feel free to berate and mock Ron at any point in his answer. Listen, poser dude, we don't need your permission to berate and mock Ron. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll do that anytime we want. I was doing it while he was listening to the voicemail. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, I'm I'm really glad you Nerd. I'm really glad you you called in and asked this question because it's the thing I've been afraid to admit that I read these issues that I now I don't know which way's up. In one book, you got all the the mutants and the sentinels attacking them in San Francisco. In the other book, it's it's Remy Picard, and I just I can't figure. I don't know what's going. Of course, I know what's going on. I, I don't mix them up. I've been reading the Ultimate books for ten years now. It's like I think it's very clear. Like there's no confusion as to what's six one six and what's not. And there's the movies, and there's yes. cartoons, and there's everything's got different continuity and. And it's not a problem. Well, right. Uh, somehow, somehow I can make the intellectual leap to think that, okay, this is the different continuity. It's a different story. Well, wait, 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 wait. Now, presently, you can do that. I find that when I'm going back and like, there was a Spider-Man story. And it could have been, you know, five years ago, six years I don't, I don't remember what was what. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot. So, like, That's because you don't get a lot of sleep. No, nah, I just don't. I don't devote memory to that stuff. Well, the, well, the difference between that is, I mean, like, the, like if you go back, like for Spider-Man, for example, like anything that's been, you know, the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, that's that's canon continuity six one six, you know, all that's kind of crap, right? But then, you know, there have been all these little side diversions. You know, I'm going back to remembering that. Remember what was that mini series that was great with the create with the different creative teams, and there were little stories about Spider-Man, um, like. Tangled Web, yeah, exactly. You might remember a great Garth Ennis story that Spider-Man wrote. That might not necessarily be in canon. You know, it was just a Spider-Man story that was told. You know, um, and I, I agree. I do. I, I do concede your point, Josh, that it can be confusing. Uh, like, for example, all those the recent Marvel Knights change where they right when they said, okay, Marvel Knights books are now going to be out of continuity, but it was right when like Silver Surfer Requiem came out, like other stuff runs like the and Spider Man, the, the uh, Dark Knight Returns Spider Man. What was the book? Carrie, Carrie Andrews. Uh, yeah, Rain. Really, I do remember everything, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but um, yeah, so I could see where you know, like, is this in canon? And this is not. But I think the X Men Forever stuff is clearly not. I mean, it, it's, it's it's just different. I mean, yeah. I don't get confused when I watch. Watch different versions of James Bond. Right. Yeah. The I mean, key just... to that for me is like I don't care what the canon was. Right. Yeah. I, well, I do. I, I, I mean, I do, do, but, but I can like, make the difference. Yeah. For me, like, all right, I, I remember stories. I remember cr- things that creators did. So. Yeah. It's not. It's not like I. Um. It's not like I read an issue of what if. What you know. What if the Phoenix survived? And I'm like, oh my god, this negates everything I've read since the X Men. Like, I know what if stories are you know little flights of fancy, you know. And so I don't know. It's a subtle. It's a subtle thing that maybe I take for granted, but um. Yeah, it, I'm not confused about that at least. Like there was this story where Superman, uh, got slapped by somebody and it wrecked his whole day. <laughs> and he walked like, the earth. That didn't happen. Right. That one is basically an internet troll. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's basically yeah. like like you you've got this thing and everyone's like we're so happy to have you back and one person was like you suck and he let that get to him. Yeah, it's so true. It's uh, <laughs> which is telling, but, by the way. A little bit, a little because bit. Because the writer has had to deal with internet trolls. Yeah. Oh, man. Like me. <laughs> right, so you, wow, you just admitted you're a troll. That's awesome. No, I'm not. I'm a uh, critic. Uh, pundit, I prefer pundit. I do that. I like that better. I take back credit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you have any questions you want to ask us, no matter how absurd, you can you can give us a call at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Yes. Thank you. There's your show. Have fun. Go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on the show. You can talk about what you thought about Superman or any of the books. Uh, you can read the pick of the week review that I wrote for Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. I love that book. I just want to go back and talk about how much I love that book uh, and all the other stuff. There's writers. There's stuff going up every day. Word balloon. He, he, John is doing a show every four minutes, I think. Uh, <laughs> there's And they're all Bendis just talking endlessly. Uh, and, and no, Jimmy Palmiotti, who can also talk endlessly if you give him the chance. Very interesting stuff. Go to ifanboy.com. Check out all that stuff. Go to ifanboy.com slash about, and you'll see – who we is and all the where you can get in touch with us on the internet and things like that and you can check out the video show there also uh last week was the anthology show where we talked about old ads the superhero dictionary and cowboy ninja viking which is awesome by the way i just want to agree with you on that uh and and then (laughs) this next week uh we're looking back at uh frank frazetta and dick giordano Great creators. Yes. So, um, cool. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys is one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. We'd love to hear from you. 
And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. That's how people find it. That helps us out a lot for this show and for the video show. We really appreciate it. And for the Don't Miss show, all of our shows, um, write us a review on iTunes. It really, really help us out. Even better than that is tell your friends, your comic book buddies, your store owners, the bum on the street, the guy at the bar, the girl you met at the party. Tell, just tell everybody you meet about iFanboy. Um, some of them will not be annoyed by it. Some of them. Yeah. So I, help spread the word. I think we need to get 1,000 iTunes reviews. Okay. That, I'm down with that. Because we're – I looked. We have a lot. I'm gonna look it up right now. Six hundred and a lot. Yeah, let's do the, the push to a thousand. Let's push do to it. a thousand is what I'm saying. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be I would really rub cool. that in in people's faces. Can we still crush around comics? I think we Can have we to do that at around or eleven o'clock comics now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. We I think. kind of won that other one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and think... then and then we captured their women and made them part of our household. <laughs> <laughs> We're. <laughs> We're Conan. Wow. Wow, indeed. (laughs) I'm speaking strictly in barbarian terms, which are not uh, applicable to modern gender politics. (laughs) I think we can take I think we take eleven o'clock comics. They're they're hanging by a thread. (laughs) (laughs) Well it's it's only a matter of time before Chris ends up in prison for something. Something, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But the only thing that's certain about that is that he won't remember what it was after the fact. (laughs) <laughs> where is your witness on the night of November 12th <laughs> apparently the lawyer's know. drunk too <laughs> Chris will be his own lawyer it's drunk It's drunk in night court and so I think that's it for this week until next week I'm Ron I'm Connor I am Joshua Flanagan American <laughs>